Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. And here we are. You're very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here on ITSP Magazine, where we look at how to operationalize InfoSec programs to not just make the security team happy, but to uh, actually support and secure the business. And today we're going to be looking at GRC, Governance, Risk, and Compliance, and what those programs look like, uh, what's all involved, uh, how big have they grown over the years, uh, what's all encompassed within a GRC program, and uh, you guessed it, how to operationalize that in the business. And I'm uh, thrilled and honored to be joined by Benny today. Benny, thanks for being part of the show. Thank you for having me today, Sean. And uh, you have you have a lot of experience I hope to tap into. Uh, maybe if you can give folks a, a view into who Benny is and uh, what you're up to. Oh, um, I'm currently serving as an information security officer um, for um, a bank. I'm American State Bank out of North Dakota. Um, I've been serving that capacity for a little over two years now. And prior, my prior background was um, in IT, um, um, system administration, these kind of things. So um, I've fairly evolved in the IT world and I'm fully into the cybersecurity um, environment industry. Um, it's really passionate. It's a really interesting industry and it's rapidly evolving. Um, four or five years from uh, ago, if you told me that the thing that is happening today will be happening, I would probably say it, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's ever evolving and uh, there's a lot in there. And if I could, Benny, maybe get your view of what GRC is today. Maybe look, taking a look back in the past, what, how has it changed? Uh, I mean, if, with a cybersecurity lens on, it's easy to look at GRC through that lens and, and, kind of get a picture of what it is, but broader picture, what is GRC today in your view? Um, I think today, in my view, 
as you say, government governance, risk, and compliance. Um, I think um, it's 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 the intersection of the three of them that you can come up so that you can um, better the security posture of a company. You know, governance. You start thinking about policies, procedures. You know, how to um, establish good policies to um, embolden and enforce um, security um, in your environment, in your industry. Um, risk, you know, risk is ever-evolving. Um, th- one thing that still shocked me today is um, the Soloin and the Casilla incidents last year, the supply chain attacks. I mean, again, these are risks that no one, these are kind of incidents that we'd never thought of five years before, you know. It was interesting how uh, the bad actor was able to leverage um, those uh, and do those supply chain attacks. And then the next component is um, compliance. Always want to make sure that um, your industry employees, everybody is complying by those policies. Um, the people, the team in charge of um, implementing those controls, um, are actually implementing them as they're supposed to. So I think it's 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 uh, intersection on all these three things that makes um, a company a company cybersecurity posture stronger. So that's how I would define it. Yeah, I love that. And and I'm gonna it might be a slight tangent, but I want your view on this because there's a there's a pretty significant movement for ESG. So it's environment uh sustainability and governance, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken. And yes. so I'm just wondering it's one thing to look at policy from a compliance perspective to say, are we sock are are we HIPAA compliant? Do we do we have a SOC two? Do we have uh, high trust? Do we have whatever it is that FedRAMP, all these right, kind of- all all the different regulations and, yep. and perhaps even industry standards that we have to follow? But do we your view of this in terms of what organizations look at for GRC? Does it extend beyond that? And I'm thinking about how we engage with customers, how how we look at our carbon footprint, and do we start to see GRC playing a role in ensuring those policies are enforced in our IT ops and perhaps even security ops? Yeah, I think um, we definitely, um, there is a big move toward that direction, actually. Um, I think just as you mentioned, ESG is becoming more and more the standard for um, analyzing a company and look at the performance of a company that look at ESG, um, I think, GRC is probably going to become also another standard um, to evaluate the, um, if I want to say the sustainability and good um, risk of a company as well. Um, matter of fact, I think I was re- reading an article today where um, it was a vendor that was posting that um, the SEC is looking at um, a- um, adding CISOs to executive level um, management into um, publicly traded company. There's a reason for that again is to um, just like they're looking at ESG, they're also going to be looking at GRC to look at um, the risk exposure of those companies when it comes to cybersecurity, because it's more and more is costing those companies a lot of money. So I think there is definitely just a push for having GRC as a new standard to evaluate the risk in company. Yeah. So sustainability, the, the broader sense of that, I, I, I see a lot of lot of activity there in relation to GRC as well. So your definition of what the goal of GRC is, why, why should an organization have a GRC program and what's the ultimate outcome for having one of those? 
Um, in my opinion, I think that that for a good a company to have a GRC program, in my opinion, would be to um to better measure the risk exposure of that company. That's one. Also, to assess um the cybersecurity culture or the security culture of the company. You know, um, and uh, most importantly, I mean to 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 see the overall health um, of, of the company, the sustainability of the company, you know, how likely are we today to um, fall um, to one incident, for example? Is it gonna bankrupt us or not? There has been company that literally bankrupted from one cybersecurity incident because of how much it, it had to cost them um, to uh, get back on the feed and recover and all that stuff. So I think, um, and also when you talk about um, merger and acquisition, M&As, for example, um, that's another area where I think um, GRC is going to come into play because as the financial people are looking at the financial um, information of the company in the M&A, uh, they also want to look at um, what are some of the inherited cybersecurity risks they're getting from that company as well. You know, um, if I'm buying a company and I'm going to have to spend about um, almost as much money that twice that to get that company on this, on a certain security level, I think maybe the deal will be called off because I'm buying a company with bad security, cyber security um, posture, with bad patching practices. They haven't patched their servers for five, ten years. Uh, with maybe Windows Seven still operating in that company in that environment, all of those things are risk that I, as a new company acquiring it, I'm gonna inherit from it. So I think um, GRC is definitely um, those are some of the. Um, the importance, in my opinion, and some of the um, reason why people need to take it uh, really important, um, um, carefully, is really important. So a, a risk assessment, um, and you mentioned a few points. So where am I vulnerable in an organization? Yep. Perhaps uh, tying that to some some threat analysis. Uh, where are the active threats, and and are they in my industry or in my region? Uh, are they targeting components in my environment, uh, maybe not directly, but yep. they're, they're looking at Windows 7 and I have Windows 7, so therefore I'm, I'm at risk. Beyond that risk assessment though, what else should a GRC program include? What other elements or components um, should an organization consider as part of the plan? Um, <clears throat> I think another element also is um, could be the I mean, these days I like to use the term business resiliency instead of business continuity, you know, because um, once you put in your controls, once you've addressed your vulnerability, you patch within to patch and all that. But we also have to, uh, we shouldn't forget that um, this is a rapidly evolving industry. Um, most of the time, bad actors find out about vulnerability before we do. Um, so we have to start thinking about our business resiliency. Um, so identify critical um, business processes um, identify critical vendors, those kind of things, see how the company um, can um, be resilient in case of an incident. Also, how long can we, can we afford to be down um, without causing um, too much damage to the bank operation and all that stuff. So those that's an area that I think um, should be really important. Business resiliency, business continuity, um, incident response to that area as well. So are those... So I, I, I appreciate all of those uh, components. Do you, do you see those as part of a GRC or are they 
programs that are adjacent to the GRC? Do they um, kind of feed each well, other? How, what does that picture look like? Um, because when 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 you want to look at, uh, it depends on um, individual approach. Uh, most of the time, people tend to um, put, especially the business resiliency component, outside of your GRC. But in my opinion, it should be an integral part of GRC. Because um, if you, let's say, for example, if you look at the compliance portion of GRC and you start thinking about talking about SOC 2 and all that stuff, part of SOC 2 is um, testing control against um, the CIA trial, you know, confidentiality, availability, and um, uh, integrity. Integrity. Well. Yep. yep. You know, so once you start talking about availability, then the, the discussion about business resiliency kicks in and all that stuff. So I think, in my opinion, should be um, it should be an integral part of GR, GRC, in my opinion. And so is this, I guess, two questions. The, I'm trying to figure out, is there a program manager that kind of runs the program for GRC? And, and I suspect they have kind of a matrix management uh, responsibility to pull in the right folks to collect the data, analyze the data, report on the data. Yeah. Um, what, what have you seen work in terms of properly staffing for a team and, and setting up the leadership for the team to succeed? Um, what, what, have you, what I've seen so far is um, kind of having, as you said, program managers for each component, you know, um, and then um, having uh, all of that reporting to maybe a CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, or sometimes some people call them the Chief Risk Officer, or something like that. So, but most of, most of the time is having program manager in charge of each um, segment or silo of GRC, and then um, it's it's much more granular. Get to the details and report of things back up. That's what I've seen so far. And and how does the plan get? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that another thing that is coming more and more is um, outsourcing um, that whole component. So, because it can it can be time con time consuming, resource consuming. I mean, most of the time when you look at it, it can also cost some resources. So some companies just outsource that function, the GRC function, and just have um, whatever third party it is do it and get them the result. And then maybe the company can analyze it um, and then um, make their own conclusion. So I've seen it both ways. Yeah, and it's interesting you, you mentioned the outsource. Because one of the things I was trying to figure out is how much intimate knowledge of the organization does one, um, the, the program team, <laughs> need in order to succeed with the plan? Um, can a general person savvy with business and compliance and generally with security do a good enough job to say this is this is what you need to focus on from a GRC perspective or do you, where does the int intimate knowledge need to come in I mean uh, from my perspective I think if you're gonna be uh, making sure that certain controls are in place if you're gonna be in charge of verifying that they're being followed accordingly if you're going to be in charge of writing a policy, tell people not to do certain things, you need to have a, an understanding to the point, I mean, almost a technical understanding of how those things works so that you can speak to it. That's the way I look at it. 
Um, other other people in the industry might disagree with the way I look at it, but I'm always of the thought that um, if you want to speak of something, you need to understand and know how it works. And the best way or a good way to know that is by having most of the time a strong IT background. Um, you've evolved in the IT environment. Um, you've implemented controls. You, from sysadmin to IT manager and those kind of things, you've been on the operational side. Uh, you understand how business function works and all that stuff. And then you can effectively um, come up with some of the um, controls, some of the GRC things, policies and all that stuff. But if you have no idea, you have no knowledge on the IT side, I think I'll make an argument that it, it will be hard for you to be an effective GRC um, um, person. And I'm, so I'm thinking the, so the ultimate goal is to protect the organization from risk and, exactly. and to, to do that, it's not just by having a team that that's running around collecting information, right? Somebody has to analyze it, yeah. uh, make some decisions on, well, this business uh, engagement is too risky. Maybe it's a third party we don't want to do business with, or, or we're just toying with the idea of building a new application. And this is what it, by by virtue of that, we now have to be PCI compliant, and that means we have yep. to follow these policies. So those types of decisions have to be made. How how do you see the GRC team kind of bridging the gap between business operations and business development and the leadership team so that they can understand? Okay, we're we're about to make some pretty hefty decisions for the organization. Here is the data we have, what, what data do we need and how are we going to act on that now? Uh, so, so basically the GRC team guiding um, decision makers on making those decisions. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. So how do, how do they have that conversation to say, we, we, here's what we need to know. Here's what we know. And here's uh, the type of decision you need to make now. Um, I think, um, Maybe a good component of that is that's probably why it's important for a company to have a good risk appetite and set, you know, um, uh, just as you just said, here's what we need to know. We have the information. Um, maybe here's where we need, we need to be. Um, maybe we need to have a risk acceptance. If we decide to still make that move because it's going to be uh, from a, a positive from an operational perspective is gonna make our process more efficient, okay. Um, let's look at some mitigating control in place, for example. So I, I think my opinion on the GRC personnel um, shouldn't be rigid as to if it doesn't meet X, we're not doing this, it's a no. I think it, at the end of the day, we're trying to make the company secure, but also we're trying to um, the goal of the company is to be efficient, to make money, to profit. Um, I don't think um, we need to be in the business of making it harder for them to make money. I think we should do everything we can to make it easier, but secure and safe. So it can go from maybe having a risk acceptance. So um, if something goes out of risk tolerance, maybe we need to accept that. It can be anything like um, having um, adequate mitigating control in place also. You know things like that. Um, that's the way I look at it. I think that's how usually that's how I approach um, situations like that. Right? Instead of being radical, 
Yeah, and I, I love the, the the point of mitigating controls because it, it, it it's I don't know, easy. It's one thing to look at the organization and say, let, let's take M&A, for example. Yeah. By bringing that new company in, they, they've run their their operations a certain way. Now folding them in, they're connecting to our network, they're connecting to our customer database, they're connecting to our employee uh, active directory, and, and those things introduce risk. Yep. Um, is that really necessary to achieve the goals of that merger and acquisition? Or is there a way through mitigating controls to maybe bring them in, but keep them on a separate network or, mm -hmm. or integrate the employees, but, but boy, do we, we really need to understand our roles. Do we have to re redefine our roles and responsibilities in our active directory to, I'm just exactly. making stuff up here on the fly, but I guess my question to you then is, do you have any examples of either through an M&A example or some other, some other risk analysis as part of a GRC program that says, we, ad we analyzed that risk, we decided to accept it, right, to your point. Um, and we, to kind of minimize it, we've, we've implemented some mitigating controls rather than just blocking it completely. Do you have any, any examples or stories you can share? Um, I mean, I, I can go into the details, um, but... <laughs> yeah, no, no, no names to protect the innocent, please, of course. <laughs> I mean, um, I've, I'm just going to talk through um, some of the examples that I've seen, for example. Um, uh, in the case of an m and just like you brought it up, the GRC team goes in, into play, analyze a company, um, most sometimes probably going to run script into that company environment to see what are some of the vulnerabilities out there in the environment, all that stuff, present it to the buying company, for example. Here's what we see. Here's the risk and all that. You can either accept the risk or um, we can think about mitigating control. If we, if we want to go that route, um, bring the IT team into play. Okay, how much is going to cost us if we bring that company in? Um, to mitigate all that stuff. Um, ballpark, I mean, between upgrading servers, uh, buying a new piece of software, maybe if you have a, 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 um, a SOC team out there that's going to ingest all those new logs and all that stuff, they're probably going to charge you more for that because you're bringing in new, new things. So quantify that from a numerical standpoint and bring it up to executive management. Here, how much it's going to cost us? Well, an argument could be made that instead of, let's say we're supposed to buy that company at 12 million, it's gonna cost us, I don't know, close to another 4 million so that we can, you guys can be compliant. Then let's talk about revising that initial 12 million acquisition, for example. Um, there, there has been cases where people uh, have talked about it that way. Uh, there also been cases where people look at um, the cybersecurity culture at that company. Um, are the employees of that newly acquired company, are there, is the cybersecurity culture good? You know, so because if you have a bad cybersecurity culture and also a bad environment, that's literally two things. But if the employee there actually are pretty good, they don't click on links left and right, um, they tend to be really solid and all that stuff. And it's just the infrastructure that we need to up upgrade. That could be another discussion too. So um, that, that that's some of the examples that I've seen. Uh, and how people, I guess, dealt with it. Um, most of the time, they'll end up acquiring, but is there going to be some closing to the contract and all that stuff? And also, um, there will be some restructuring, clearly, 
um, who is going to be in charge of IT this time, who's going to be in charge of cybersecurity, information security, because two companies are merging, two IT team, two GRC team, you know, we need to have who is going to be in charge of what and all that stuff, especially if you're acquiring a company with bad IT culture <laughs> and cybersecurity culture. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about scope because I, I'm, I heard a story in the past of uh, a company acquiring another one and the company was heavily regulated and, and met a lot of the requirements to be compliant with certain regulations. And that company was successful in doing that. They were able to do their assessment, their analysis, their reporting, show the controls, speak to the culture, demonstrate that they're doing all the right stuff, bring them now into the big organization. And the auditors didn't want the big organization view. They wanted wow. that business unit view, right? And it, it, it didn't make sense to the auditor to have the full scope of the entire organization. They just wanted that. So I'm, my, I found that quite interesting. And I'm wondering your view on how is it important? And if so, why is it to have business unit views or scoping for specific areas of business. Maybe one is in federal government, so you kind of slice it off that way with, you mentioned FedRAMP, right? So maybe you have a view of different slices that then feed a larger GRC or, or what do you think on that? Mm, maybe more specific, cause I guess I'm, I'm, it's hard to follow where you're headed with that. Yeah, so I'm wondering, do, do organizations benefit from only having a large full scope GRC program, or do you see many, a bunch of mini <laughs> GRC programs sliced and diced based on business unit region, um, and then fold them all up into one? Oh, well, I, I think it's going to depend on the size, complexity, um, and, and environment of that company, you know, because sometimes if the complex, if it becomes too complex, it's probably going to be hard also to track. It's going to be hard also to um, hold people accountable <laughs> most of the time. So um, you probably want to um, separate it, having multiple silos. Um, but as far as what I've seen most of the time, it, it's just um, lumped together. Um, and then we have just um, specialists within the team. So we have um, some maybe threat hunt specialists, some vulnerability um, specialists, some also controls um, and all that stuff. That's what I've seen so far. But I think it's it mostly depends on the size, complexity um, of, of that environment for them to make that decision. Yeah, it, make, it makes sense. Yeah, And I want to get to the controls because that's to me that's where the, the the rubber meets the road if you will yeah so so we we have a plan we have a risk appetite we make some decisions and we say we're going to move forward this is the path we need to take to do so safely and that translates into it ops changes uh perhaps some business unit changes maybe maybe they, they deliver the product in a different way or the service in a different way how Talk to me about translating the plan into action. Oof. Like what you mean what I've seen in the industry or? Yeah. So how, how, how does the GRC team delegate and, and assign 
um, <laughs> action items to people, right? Because tech, I guess by virtue, they don't have any um, management responsibility for a lot mm-hmm. of the people they're going to ask to do things. So how, how have you seen them succeed in getting um, controls in place and, and changes in business operations in place, things like that? I think um, that's um, that's why also to be an effective GRC person, you need to have some good um, project management skills. Um, be able to set um, goals with attainable goals, with clear expectations. Also, most importantly, being able to um, be a good collaborator. Because at the end of the day, um, that's the, I always say um, whether you're from the GRC team. Um, or if you're from the IT team operation, we are all looking to make the company better, right? Same goal, common goal, different um, different topic, different item we're working on. So here's what we need to do. IT, how can we get it done? We talked through it. Um, here is uh, what we came up with as control. Um, we think we need to implement all that so that we can be at X level. Um, the goal is by this date, we need to be here. How can we make it done? And have that conversation with IT team and all that. Get the right resource people, assign them what we need to assign with attainable goals, and also do some um, continual follow-ups with them as well. You know, if it's a monthly meeting to see where we at, if it's a weekly meeting to see where we at, I think these are some of the things that should happen. But I think usually the approach of, I'm the GRC person. I need to be in charge, and you guys do this. I've not, I've never seen it working personally. <laughs> so, and it's it's not gonna work because at the end of the day, the people implementing it are not in the GRC team. So you wanna have buy-in. Right. That's why you need to have a good collaboration. Um, we we all have the same goal: make the company better, make the company strong, um, sustainable. So let's have a discussion. That's usually um, my approach on how to um, address some of those things. Yeah. And it's a a delicate balance, I would imagine, between here's the risk we're trying to avoid, here's the the safety net we want to put in place. How do we, so here's where the balance comes in. How do we work together to see that through versus go implement this control? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So how, is that through... Trust but verify. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm wondering is I'm, I'm trying to think through like team meetings and how does some of that come come into play? I mean, if you think about a, a merger and acquisition, perhaps that's a few quarters in the making, right? You, you kind of see the, the the light at the end of the tunnel on that one ahead of time. You can hopefully plan uh, accordingly. But if it's a uh, let's see. Um, yeah, a war broke out, <laughs> right? And we have uh, we have team members in in this particular area of the of the world, and we now need to protect that part of the business. You don't have much time to think about a scenario like that from a GRC <laughs> perspective. So, two different extremes. How how do you see teams kind of managing the process? Is it a standard meeting every? month every quarter is it is it weekly do you, do you have the option for um critical uh critical issue uh meetings where you call people together that says 
All right, our, our disaster recovery team and our business resilient team team identified this. We need to see how it impacts GRC. Let's go. Yeah. How, how do you uh, handle think, those extremes? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, weekly meetings um, is, is really good, weekly meetings, but also monthly meetings with, like, managers or business process owners. So those can be on a monthly basis. And one thing that is that has been really, really great, especially after we all went through the pandemic over the past two years is the use of um, Teams, Marcus Teams and all those platforms, you know, we can track a project, all that stuff, we can write it, assign it who we need to be assigned to, have email that automated. Um, I mean, there's multiple tools to do these things. Um, so I think um, being able to efficiently leverage all those um, project management tools we also help, you know, um, people documenting what, they, what they're doing, adding things to it, um, and all those kind of things. But, but yeah, I think that those are some of the strategies that one can use um, when trying to achieve all these things. Frequent weekly meetings, leveraging project management tools to document everything. And um, most of the time, things will go fine. But always collaborate. Always come in from a collaborative perspective, collaborative mindset than uh, anything. And I, so many tangents I can take with this. I, I think, yeah, I heard somebody mention to me in a, in a recent uh, podcast that if if you don't have a task assigned to somebody, mm -hmm. it's not visible and it's not going to get done. So, exactly. So, so just talking about it isn't is enough. I love that you mentioned using the tools and uh, project management tools to kind of yep. make sure things do get got documented and and people and teams are held exactly accountable. So at the end of end of the day, uh, Benny, uh, I guess two, a two part question: What can an organization expect to receive as an as an outcome or achieve as an outcome? Um, have you seen seen or had experiences where the business was able to innovate and thrive and grow? Uh, with a GRC program in place versus an uh, organization feeling that they're just being held back? Um, I think I've seen them always grow and always evolve, actually, because um, it has always helped um, executive level it's most, of the, most of the time actually understand um, the risk involved with the company, you know, um, board of directors, um, CEOs, they actually understand some of the risk involved with the company. Um, most of the time, let's say in case of a bank, for example, if we're talking about risk, most of the time they're not, as a bank, um, really seldom the topic of um, security risk comes into play until the past, the recent maybe five years and also because it became in the news. But usually they talk about risk is mostly from this financial economy perspective. But now putting, um, some of the IT and cybersecurity risk in front of board, in front of executive management, actually give them a full view of the company. You know, um, it's true if you make a bad loan today, here's the risk involved, here's how we're going to quantify it. But also on the other side, if an employee click on something and then we get hacked and there's a ransomware, costs us $10 million, $10 million to recover from it, um, that's also a risk. How are we going to get the money to do that? And most importantly, when they're asking us to pay in Bitcoin, where are we getting the Bitcoin to pay? 
<laughs> Go, a GoFundMe account is uh, exactly. Is you know, are we gonna start talking to an insurance company about it? Okay, if we are, well, um, is it even covered? Those kind of things. So, it allow executive management to actually start looking at risk um, from from that angle as well, because um, as we are using information technology, IT tools to make business process efficient and SaaS, it also um, comes with the risk associated with that. Um, think about when we just went with COVID and all that stuff, everything has been remotely. People can sign loans all remotely. You don't even need to go physically to a bank and all that stuff. Technology tool that allow us to do that, have a risk involved with that. And it's important for management and executive level to understand that and for them to be able to understand it is having a strong GRC um, team of GRC leaders in that company. And I was just wondering, so as a CISO, do you ingest the GRC outputs and communicate that to the executive leadership team? Or, or do you see value in having the GRC team present that to the executive leadership team? Um, I, have, I have seen it both ways. I've seen it where um, if, if it's a small company, um, usually... Um, the ISO, the CISO, were the head of the GRC person as well. So um, small uh, entity, usually he wear both hat, CISO and GRC. He communicate, ingest it, and then bring it up to the executive level for decision and all that stuff. But um, in the bigger companies and all that, you have those two separated, the CISO, the GRC team, and then um, operation, the IT team and all that as well. So I've seen it both ways. Yeah, because I know we, we often, as a as a function within the business, a security function within the business struggle sometimes to make the connection between security vulnerabilities and risk and business risk and, and the value to uh, running the business in a different way, perhaps. So do you see GRC perhaps, perhaps uh, bridging some of that gap between firewall rules <laughs> we, we stopped we stopped the hundred attacks today um, and presenting information more in line with what the business leader wants to hear yeah um, I think I see them actually yeah that's a pretty good example that you just gave um, I think the GRC people play an important role in that part because um most in a day the good GRC people, have a good understanding of business function as well. So they usually or most of the time have the ability to bridge the gap between technical and non-technical people, right? Because they they have to be able to understand the technical side of things. So um, understand the firewall rules and all that stuff was happening when the IT people tell them what's happening. But I also have to be able to translate that into um, a business language for a CFO, a CEO, or a board member sitting in there and um, ingesting those information. So I think that's where uh, most of the time either the GRC person or sometimes the CISO come into play, being able to bridge the gap between the non-technical and technical people as well. Yeah, love it. Love it. And final question for you, Vinny. Um, is around measurement. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe some advice for some fellow CISOs who... I don't know, ha don't have a real formal GRC program in place or it's 
it's just pieces, parts. Maybe they, they certainly look at compliance. They probably have some auditors looking at risk. Um, maybe their insurance company requires some assessment there. So advice for a fellow CISO to really bring their program together. What, what should they, what should they focus on? Um, I'll, I'll probably say start with the basics. Um, start with the basics. Um, first thing is um, your IT risk assessment. Um, look at, um, for example, what are, what are the vulnerabilities? Um, first, actually start with a strong IT inv- inventory of what you have in your, in your shop, in your industry. You know, once you have a strong list, as again, those are the basics. What are the risks exposed to all of those things? Once you identify the risks, um, what are the controls that we can put in place to mitigate those risks? Um, if um, some of them are probably um, to the level where we need to um, accept the risk, um, make sure that it's um, escalated to the appropriate authority in your um, a company so that the risk is accepted. If it's the CEO that needs to sign it, CEO, if it's a committee, send it to the committee, you know, that stuff. So establish it. Um, that whole process needs to be dictated by your information security program. So a policy somewhere that tells you how you're going to be doing those things. So um, once you have all those policies in place, um, then you start, you can maybe start moving toward um, the compliance side of things to see if you can be um, SOC compliant, FedRAM compliant, and all that stuff. Um, start with the basics, patch management, uh, asset inventory, and the rest will grow um, organically from that. That's that's what I'll say. Nice, nice. Don't don't bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because at the end of the day, when you look at it from a really simplistic mindset, almost eighty to ninety percent of the tag is happening through phishing. The phishing have a payload attached to it that is probably going to try to exploit a vulnerability. So if you start with the basic, identify your IT systems and all that stuff, patch when you need to patch, upgrade them, mitigate controls, I think you'll take care of most of the issues. And I, I venture a guess that some of the basics from the controls perspective, mitigating controls perspective, yep. uh, would be very valuable. So like seg- exactly. network segmentation, sure. MFA, some of those things we always talk about um, would certainly help, I would imagine. Yep, exactly. Make sure all of that is also guided with a strong policy in place. Yep, yep. excellent point. Well, Benny, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you about uh, kind of the, the journey of, of uh, building and establishing and managing a, a GRC team. And yep. Um, getting a plan in place. I appreciate uh, your insights and uh, perhaps you have some links of some resources, some tips and tricks, if you will, uh, for folks who who, uh, are more interested in learning more. Um, So I'll ask you if you can share those uh, and we'll put those in the show notes and uh, any, any final thoughts before we wrap? Um, I think it was, um, it was really um, resourceful conversation. You're actually good to have those conversations so that you help us think outside the box most of the time because at the end of the day, you, you're going to work and focusing on your normal tasks and routine. It's nice to talk to people outside the industry, get different perspectives, and allow to think about certain things that we don't usually think about. So that's, 
I'm really um, honored to be here today and it was really resourceful. Ah, thank you, Benny. It's a, it's a pleasure chatting with you and uh, appreciate everybody joining us either live or on demand for uh, another episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here on ITSP Magazine. And uh, I believe our next episode is coming to you live from RSA on June 6th. Uh, we're going to be looking at InfoSec programs. Um, it's a big topic, a lot involved there. <laughs> so uh, I'll be doing that live uh, during RSA conference, uh, same time that Monday, June 6th. So thanks everybody for joining us for this conversation and uh, keep on operationalizing cybersecurity. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.